Isaiah 9, beginning in verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Thank you. Be seated. So we've been looking at the child son. We've been looking at wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Today we look at Prince of Peace. Well, you know, today is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And you know what that means? It means that men need to start doing their Christmas shopping, right? It's Christmas Eve. It's time to get out there and do your Christmas shopping. Well, speaking of Christmas shopping, there was a man. He was in jail. And the officer came to bring him to his hearing before the judge. And the officer asked the jailbird what he was in for. The jailbird said, for doing my Christmas shopping early. Well, the officer said, Christmas shopping early is not a crime. How early did you do your shopping? The jailbird said, before the store opened. (laughs) Let's look this morning at Prince of Peace. First of all, by way of introduction, that word prince, we read Prince of Peace. Prince means chief or source. And we're going to look at both. And so Jesus is the chief of peace. He's also the source of peace. Now, in the Bible, Jesus is not only the Prince of Peace, he's also the Prince of Life. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, he's the Prince of Life. And we know he's the Prince of Life biologically because he's the Creator. He's the Prince of Life temporally. He is the Satisfier. And he's the Prince of Life of eternally because he is the Savior. He's not only the Prince of Life and the Prince of Peace, but in Revelation 1.5, he's called the Prince of Kings. And so Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is the chief or the source of of peace. But what about this word peace? That's a Hebrew word translated there, and it's actually the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom. Now, shalom in if you're if you're speaking Hebrew, which I'm not and probably you're not either, but anyway, shalom works like like aloha does in Hawaii. If you ever been to Hawaii, you heard about people that go to Hawaii, when they come into the room, they say aloha, that means hello, and when they leave, they say aloha, that means goodbye. Well, shalom is the same way. You come into the room, you say shalom, that's hello, and when you leave, you say shalom, that's goodbye. We translate it peace, but what it really refers to is peace, but it's wholeness or completeness. So when you wish somebody shalom, when you come into their home, you say, shalom. You're saying, I want you to be whole. I want you to be complete. And then when you leave their home, you're saying the same thing, shalom. I, want, I wish for you wholeness. I wish for you completeness. So anyway, let's look how Jesus is the Prince of Peace. First of all, he is the source of peace. He is the source of peace. True peace or wholeness comes only in a personal relationship with God. A person is incomplete and unfulfilled without this relationship with God. For you see, we were created for fellowship with God. Go all the, back, all the way back in the Bible to the Garden of Eden. It talks about how Adam and Eve are in the Garden of Eden and God would come walking through the garden. And when you read the text there, you don't think like this just happened one time, but this was like a daily thing. It was very common for God to come walking through the garden to talk with Adam and Eve, to have fellowship with them. We were created for fellowship with God. But when we are unsaved, we are out of fellowship with God, our Creator. Not only does he desire our fellowship, but we need his fellowship. In fact, we yearn for his fellowship. The great theologian Augustine said this, the heart is restless until it rests in you. The heart is restless until it rests with you. And so we have this desire. Even the most ardent atheist out there has this desire to have fellowship with God. He'd never admit it, but he wants fellowship with God too because that's how we've all been created to have this fellowship with God, our creator. 
So how can we have this fellowship if we are not in a personal relationship with God? Well, faith in the gospel establishes that relationship. The gospel is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried for our sins. And he rose again the third day. So when we believe the gospel, that establishes the relationship. In fact, I find it interesting that Paul refers to the gospel as the gospel of peace in Romans 10.15 as well as Ephesians 6.15. Let me read these to you. And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And then look in Ephesians 6.15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so when we believe the gospel, that establishes a relationship with God and it brings peace. For Jesus made peace with God available. First of all, he made peace with God available with his blood. We read about that in Colossians 1.20 where Paul writes, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things uh, unto himself. And so Jesus made this relationship with God, this peace with God available by his blood, but it also comes through our faith. Just because Jesus died on the cross, that doesn't establish the peace. That just makes it available. We still must believe. As Paul writes in Ephesians chapter, excuse me, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, he says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so faith in the gospel establishes that relationship of peace with God. But you know, people seek peace, wholeness, and fulfillment in all the wrong places. They seek peace in earthly relationships. They seek wholeness in success. They seek completeness in wealth. They seek peace through treaties. But I want you to know here today that Jesus is the answer to our world's peace problems. Jesus is the answer. He's the Prince of Peace, and he is the answer to our world's peace problems. Not the United Nations, not finances, not diplomats, not armies. These are not the answers to our world's peace problems. Jesus is the answer to our world's peace problems. And that's because Jesus' peace is a lasting peace. The Bible says there shall be no end to it. So when Jesus brings peace, it is permanent peace, everlasting peace. And by the way, the United Nations, I mentioned them earlier, they acknowledge this in a statue. Do you know that? In New York City, there is a statue. You can see the Brooklyn Bridge behind there. There is a statue at the United Nations. And it shows this guy hammering a sword. And if you look closely, he is hammering that sword into a plow. Now, this statue does not mention Jesus, but it, it does refer to a biblical reference to the millennium when Jesus will rule and reign over this earth for a thousand years. And during that time, there will be peace. And so people are going to take their swords and their tanks and whatever else they have, and they're going to turn them into agricultural tools because the agriculture will be so abundant during the millennium. Now, if you were to ask somebody at the United Nations, hey, uh, do you believe that Jesus is going to be pre being priests on earth? They'd say, no, it's going to be armies, it's going to be treaties, it's going to be diplomats. And you say, well, what about that, that statue out front? What does that mean? Well, that's just a guy trying to do some farming. That's probably what they would tell you. But we know better because we know the scriptures. During the millennium, when Jesus rules and reigns in peace, all these instruments of war will be turned into instruments of agriculture. And so we see Jesus is the source of peace. But secondly, I want you to see that Jesus is the sovereign of peace. He's the sovereign of peace. His rule is peaceful. Even now, as he rules in the hearts of believers, his rule is peaceful. And he will reign in absolute peace one day on this earth. 
all nations will be at peace, and all of creation will be at peace. We talked about that a few weeks ago with the lying, laying down with the lamb. Here's the verse, or the passage, Isaiah 11, beginning in verse 6. It says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. Now, you might not know what an asp or cockatrice den uh, they are, but they are poisonous snakes today. But during the millennium, little kids are going to play with them. And so Jesus will reign in absolute peace one day on the earth. All nations will be at peace. All of creation will be at peace. In Jesus' kingdom, evil will be crushed, righteousness will prevail, and peace will reign supreme. Why? He's the prince of peace. That's why. But I want you to know his peace comes through conquest. This peace that Jesus will bring, it comes through conquest. First of all, conquering the nations gathered against him at Armageddon. We've been talking about that for the past three weeks. I'm not going to go over that again. Secondly, conquering sin through his death, burial, and resurrection, and conquering our wills and pride in salvation. So Jesus is the sovereign of peace, but his peace comes through conquest. So we see Jesus is the source of peace. Jesus is the sovereign of peace. But thirdly, I want you to see that Jesus is the spreader of peace. He's the spreader of peace. First of all, he's spreading peace between God and man. As I mentioned before, sin separates us from God. We are not at peace with God naturally. We're at war with God. In fact, the Bible uses the word enmity. We are at enmity with God. We are at war with God, not peace. And people are incomplete without a peaceful relationship with God. But Jesus removed sin by taking sin upon himself on the cross. And so Jesus is spreading peace between God and man. Jesus is spreading peace between man and man. You see, you can't really be at peace with others until you're at peace with God. Why? Because when you're at peace with God, you're going to listen to the instructions that Jesus gave. And Jesus told us things like this, be reconcilers with each other. Secondly, he said, be forgivers of one another. Thirdly, he said, make sure you're humble. You know what keeps us from reconciliation? You know what keeps us from asking somebody's forgiveness or offering forgiveness? Pride. And yet Jesus says, don't be prideful. Be humble. Be humble. Then Jesus also said, love your neighbors and love your enemies. And I think that's very important because some of you that live in close neighborhoods, your neighbor and your enemy is the same person, right? Uh, But anyway, he said, we're to love each other. And so once you have this peaceful relationship with God, you're going to listen to what his son Jesus Christ said. And Jesus said, be a reconciler, be a forgiver, be humble, and love your neighbors, love your enemies. And so Jesus is spreading peace between God and man. Jesus is spreading peace between man and man. Jesus is spreading peace in our own hearts. We don't have to be afraid of death anymore. You know, something the world fears out there, the unbelieving world, they're afraid to die because they don't know what happens next. They're not sure. I know what happens. Not because I went through it a year ago, but I know what happens. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment I die and stay dead, I'll be in the very presence of Almighty God. I'm not afraid of that. Not at all. And so in my heart and in the heart of every believer, the fear of death is gone. It's peace instead. There's also no fear of trouble because we understand that God is in control. And we also know that God will work out everything for good. That precious promise from Romans 8, 28 said, all things work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. And so God's going to work it all out for good. And so we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear trouble. And God allows us to make peace with our past by forgiving us. 
You know, we may sin against others, but ultimately we sin against God. And yet God forgives us of our sins. God, the one against whom ultimately we have sinned, he forgives us and that allows us to make peace with our past. And then God gives us a spiritual gift of peace by his Holy Spirit. He gives us a spiritual gift of peace by his Holy Spirit. And it's indescribable. The peace that God gives through his Holy Spirit is indescribable. Paul tries to describe it in Philippians 4, 7. He says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding. He said, I can't really, I can't understand it. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so it's indescribable. Secondly, the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit is internal. It's inside of us through the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul writes about that in Galatians 5, beginning in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, generous, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and so on. And so it's not only, uh, not only is his peace indescribable, it is internal. It is unaffected by outside circumstances. You know, happiness comes to us based on what happens. In English, the word happens and happiness, it's the same root. So something happens to you, you might be happy. Or something happens to you and you're unhappy. Peace doesn't work that way. Peace is internal. And while happiness determines, is determined from what happens, joy is constant. And so God's peace through the Holy Spirit is indescribable. It is, in, uh, it is <laughs> internal. And thirdly, it is indefat- indefatigable. I said it in the early service. I can't say it now. Indefatigable. Indef- Anyway, it never ends, all right? It never ends. It lasts forever. It lasts forever. You remember the angelic announcement to the shepherds, right, in Luke 2:14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Praise and peace are connected. When we praise God from our hearts because we have a relationship with God, there is peace there. Praise and peace are connected. There's this old saying, you've probably seen it before, no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. And so if you know Jesus, K-N-O-W, if you know Jesus, you're going to K-N-O-W, you're going to know peace. But if there is no Jesus in your life, N-O, Jesus, there's no peace, N-O, no peace. So praise and peace are connected. You know Jesus, you know peace. Know Jesus, no peace. Jesus is bringing peace on earth one heart at a time. Now, normally when we talk about invasions, that's a bad thing. When either armies invade or insects invade, an invasion is a bad thing. But I want you to know that Jesus is a welcomed invader. He is a welcomed invader. He invaded humanity at Christmas as a baby. He invades our hearts at salvation the moment we receive him as Savior. And he will invade the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords one day. In fact, Christmas began an invasion of peace that will culminate in the final earthly rule of the Prince of Peace. As I've said many, many times already this season, the Prince of Peace will rule over the earth at peace from the city of peace, Jerusalem. The Prince of Peace will rule over the earth at peace from the city of peace, Jerusalem. So let me ask you a question this morning. First of all, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you received Jesus believing he died on the cross to pay for your sins, that he was buried for your sins, and the third day he rose again from the dead? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? And maybe you would all say yes. Let me ask you the next question. Do you know Jesus as the Prince of Peace? Do you know Jesus as the Prince of Peace? Are you at peace? You might say, well, Jesus is my Savior. I went forward during a revival when I was seven years old and I was baptized. Jesus is my Savior, but I'm not at peace then I don't think you have Jesus as your Savior either. 
You see, when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he gives you his peace. You receive Christ as Savior, you receive him as Prince of Peace. And so if you don't have peace in your life, you don't have peace in your heart, I don't think you have Jesus as your Savior. So let me ask you again. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you invited him into your heart, believing that he died, was buried, and rose again from the dead for you? Some of the evidence of which will be you will have the peace of God that passes all understanding. You will have a peace that no matter what happens around you, you will have peace. And it will never, ever go away. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Or do you just think you have Jesus as your Savior? Do you have peace? If you have his peace, then you've got him as your Savior. If you don't have his peace, he's not your Savior, but he can be. Right here, right now, today, by grace through faith, receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and he will give you his peace. So, as we look today that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, we see, first of all, he is the source of peace. All peace comes from him. He brings that peaceful relationship with God. He makes it available. Yes, comes through his blood, but we must believe. Secondly, Jesus is a sovereign of peace. His rule is peaceful, but his peace comes through conquest. And lastly, Jesus is a spreader of peace. He's spreading peace between God and man. He's spreading peace between man and man. He's spreading peace in our own hearts. Jesus is bringing peace on earth one heart at a time. Has he brought peace to your heart? He's brought peace to mine. Has he brought peace to yours? He can by grace through faith in him. I ask the question again, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know Jesus as the Prince of Peace? It's not one or the other. It's both and. You receive Christ as Savior. You receive him as Prince of Peace. And so the invitation this morning when we sing in just a few minutes is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Prince of Peace. It all goes together. And again, for those of you who are Christians who do know Jesus as Savior, who do have the peace of God, Share it with others so they too can be at peace with God as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege to hear about this old prophecy, how you would send one who would be the prince of peace. Here today and listening online, may people receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior and prince of peace. And for those of us who already have, May we be careful, careful to share him with others. Thanking you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation.